All right, everybody. Thank you for jumping on our Jumpstart podcast. I am excited about my girl Tiffany Phillips, who is absolutely crushing it. She is part of FFL Midwest and has come into our business and has just started, you know, really, really lighting it on fire with the amount of families that she's protecting. And I'm, I couldn't ignore you, Tiffany. I had to get you on the podcast. How you doing today? <laughs> I'm wonderful, Mr. Me. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for asking. Good. And uh, I, I I heard you on a um, training call um, a couple weeks ago. Just really? <laughs> I didn't know killing. that. <laughs> and, um, you know, I uh, I was like, oh, we got to get her on the podcast. So it's wow. awesome what you're doing. Um, and it was amazing to meet you down at a convention. So Likewise. before we get going, can you give everyone a little bit of backdrop of kind of where you're coming from and how you found Family First Life? Yes, sir. Well, I am from the great state of Michigan, the great city of Detroit. What up, though? Because that's our tagline. <laughs> um, I am 43 years young, the mother of a sensational a 10-year-old basketball and football player. I'm more partial to football, though. <laughs> um, I actually got my license back in, ooh, in my 20s. I was a licensed banker for J.P. Morgan Chase and um, had my 663 in life uh, working in a bank. And, um, you know, things didn't quite work out. I just wasn't, I wasn't so focused. Um, back then, I, I've always had an issue with somebody telling me what time to be to work, what time to go on lunch, and when I can go on vacation. And my mom and my dad are both entrepreneurs. Um, and my stepmom was actually in tears uh, when I shared this story with her a couple years ago. But I remember, you know, my dad being this young black man, and uh, here in downtown Detroit, we have something called the Renaissance Center, and uh, you can just really overlook the city. And this was before my dad, my stepmom had their children together, which are my two younger brothers. And um, the guy walked my daddy in the office and overlooked the city, and I just remember looking at the water, looking in the Canada and seeing the city. And he told my dad, you know, you did good for a black boy a young black boy, and this is the furthest you'll ever go. And I remember my dad looked at him and ripped up the contract in his face. He told my stepmom, he said, come on, we about to leave. And that day my dad took a gondola, which you dispose of the trash in, a mop, a mop bucket, a vacuum, and some dusters. And that has stood up and I was only two so my stepmom is like how do you even remember that mm-hmm. and my father started his own business and has been so successful you know we have yeah. venues here called Shane Park Heart Plaza my father has been the top janitorial company for those establishments the city county building and I remember my mom fell and cracked her skull in my face And I thought my mother was going to die. And this is like I was maybe 10, 12. And um, they had her taped to 
to a stretcher. So my mother kept going, you know, I feel like I got to vomit. I feel like I got to vomit, and they wouldn't let her up. Well, you know, if you're on your back and you vomit, you can choke on it and die. And I was helping my mama take the tape off crying. And I I got it off in enough time where she could turn her head and do what she needed to do. And from that point on, you know, my mother has been an entrepreneur with the transportation service. So all I've seen from both of my parents is entrepreneurship, but I could never find the right avenue. And um, last year in August, one of my friends that I day trade with, she was like, you should go back and get your license. I was like, absolutely not. Are you crazy? It took me three times mm-hmm. to pass the six, 63 and mm-hmm. life. I'm not interested. But then I saw the income potential. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, maybe I'll listen. And uh, I went back <laughs> and I passed it the first time on Good Friday of 2022 and I said well by God this is indeed a good Friday and um, I started off with a practice (laughs) I started off with a practice company and um, my first month out the gate I was the number three agent but I was just like I'm bringing in all this money and I'm getting pennies like it gotta be something better than this and it was kind of like a bait and switch a little, not a whole lot, because I was one of the honest agents. You know, they had us filling out forms. You get a free child protection kit. But, oh, by the way, I'm going to talk to you about life insurance. And I was just a little disenchanted. And um, I was on Facebook scrolling, saw an ad, and it was Josh Harris. And I had saw, you know, FFL before then. And, you know, Sean Mike has this strong voice. He just reminded me of a wrestler. And I was like, no, Hulk Hogan, uh, no. (laughs) (laughs) And um, (laughs) I related to Josh. Josh reminds me of my daddy. You know, my daddy uh, coached both of my brothers in football. Football is my favorite sport. Like, in the whole while I just have a passion for it. Couldn't wait till my son was able to play. So when Josh told his story, I was like, oh, he played in the NFL. He coaches. He coaches both of his boys. He has two boys. My daddy has me and the two boys. But I was always out there as the older boy because I just loved football. And all my brother's friends would be like, your sister's crazy. And they were like, no, she's not. She just loves football. And um, I was on the phone asking Josh questions. I was nervous about stepping out of, of being a broker, you know, because everything is on you. And if, okay, so, Mark, I shoot straight from the hip. So I'm going to just talk like Tiffany. If you a punk, that will intimidate you. But when you know you have the wherewithal and there's something inside of you that you got created for you to do more, my cousin's father passed away that morning when I was talking to Josh and I got the text message. And I told Josh I had to call him back. And I went, if not now, when? And if not you, who? 
You got to quit being a punk, Tiffany. You was built for this. You was built to build something. You were built to help people see a way out. Stop being a punk. And I called Josh back, and I was like, I'm all in. <laughs> that began my career with FFL. I'll never forget because the, uh, I guess she would be equivalent to our admins here at FFL. She was like, oh, we just got an email that such and such and such and such. And I just typed out, I said, um, this is my formal resignation. Adios. Wow. That is amazing. Yeah. I love it. What a story. Um, and that brought you into into our world. And, and mm-hmm. you know, what was your adjustment period like? Um, and what were some of the things that you experienced early on? Well, I was still having so much fear and anxiety of this new path. Even though it's still insurance, it was a new path. So Josh set me up with everything that I needed. But my, the thing that was holding me back was me. It was my belief. It was my hard-headedness of not listening and immediately implementing what he was telling me. See, I'm going to show up regardless. He said, oh, you got to be on live dial. And at first, I I wasn't um, receptive to it because in my practice company, Live dials was like a slave plantation. You know, you had the managers on there looking at you, making sure you was doing stuff. And I'll never forget one day one of the managers was like, your background looks different. I can tell you're not at home. And I'm like, why is that your focus? Your focus should be helping me on my calls to get better. So initially, Mm -hmm. I wasn't down with live dials. But then (laughs) you see people like... Joshua Harris, Brian Mendenhall, Omar Mitchell, Coach Mark. They on here getting punched in the face like everybody else. No, I didn't feel that out. Blah, blah, blah. But then you you see them also helping people. So I was like, wait a minute. This is the culture over here? Like, oh, they want me to be better. They're on here helping me. They're telling me to unmute and (laughs) – the first person that was like, hey, unmute your phone, was John. You know, John is this thick accent New York, New Jersey. So I was like, who is this werewolf on here? <laughs> but I began to listen to the key things that he was saying, and I always keep a notebook. So I would write it down. And I was like, if this man told you to unmute, unmute your phone and I was getting feedback and it helped me become better but I'm going to be honest the results weren't there yet the work ethic was there but the results weren't and I now see looking back on this four month progression the results weren't there because my belief wasn't there I had people holding my hand telling me and showing me what to do But I was lacking from within, and Coach Mark, he opened up his uh, um, calendar for us to do a one-on-one, and Josh was like, I'm going to put you in this group. I got it approved from Mark because I see something in you. He was like, but you're going to have to work. I said, not a problem. 
And when I got on that one-on-one with Mark Tarolia, I was like, this man is nuts. He want me to do what? But he checked me in a nice way. And he said, what seems to be the problem? You talking, you clearly a superstar. He identified everything that was blocking me. And when FFL 2023 was about to start, because, you know, our weeks are a little um, shifted. And I Mm -hmm. I just got real with myself and I got real with God. I said, ain't no way you going to put me in front of all these people that's winning and I ain't going to win. I said, I'm going to step out my own way, but I need you to carry me. Mm. And I started listening to the audios and reading the books that Mark Tarolia told me to read. I continued to do what Josh told me to do. In January of 2023, it was a catapult to the next level. I love it. So what did that look like? Um, at first, it was a little scary because I, I hadn't seen success like that. I, I hadn't <laughs> seen it. So at first, I was like, ooh, Jesus. But then I had to look myself in the mirror. I was like, you going to be a punk and foe or you going to step up to the plate? And I was like, I'm about to step up to the plate. And, you know, some days it looked like the dishes ain't done. Some days it looked like the laundry clean, but it ain't folded. But guess what? Mm. I'm helping families. I'm making sure that they don't have to have a GoFundMe account. I'm being real with them. I'm talking to them. And when when we on live dials, I'm unmuting. I, I, I look. Give me all the help you can give me. When somebody like Brian Mendenhall, I met him on our team meet and greet. That man said to me, "Oh, you're Tiffany." I said, well, hot diggity dog. He started just giving me <laughs> feedback on my calls. He like, man, I just love your passion. You just talk to people like you've known them for years. And that's the only way I know how to talk to people. Like if if I'm talking to a client and they on that, oh, I don't know what you don't know. So what, you going to die and, and not have no coverage and leave this burden on your whatever they say their beneficiary name is? You selfish, but you have to know how to say it with love so people don't get offended. January has been amazing for Midwest. I was the number one agent, and I'm so happy because, you know, we have an insurance divas chat, and Bobby was like, listen, we run the world. Everything goes on our shoulders. Why can't we be number one? And that's what I said. Why can't we be number one? Uh, Coach Mark Group, the chosen ones, I was number two. Uh, Bernard got me about seven or eight clients. But it makes me work harder because being at convention and seeing these people that you see every day working with you and they walk in the stage, like, it's been several days, Mark. I can't hold you up. My son been late for school because I'll be up on YouTube watching videos of these successful people who are hitting Hall of Fame. Like, before convention, Hall of Fame seemed like a stretch. After convention, <laughs> Hall of Fame is your work ethic. <laughs> It is. Are you, so when you think about, I love what you just said. 
when you think about the work ethic and your desire, you have a burning desire to want to win. What are you typically spending the weeds leads a week, and what do you uh, what do you how, how many are you you're doing call to close, correct? Yes, sir. How many uh, how many presentations are you typically doing a day or per week? Maybe about twenty. Um, Josh has told me to start tracking it. So that is something that I'm starting to do. I've always had a good close ratio no matter what I did because I just I just talk to people like they're my family. And I think my issue in the beginning was I have a um, customer service background. So I'm used to taking things that are on fire down to people calming down. And Josh was like, yo, that ain't going to work here. These people fill the form out. They want help. You're not putting a fire out. So stop it. And I had to really recognize that. I recorded myself and listened to my calls. And a couple of times I was like, girl, you sound like a fool. But mm-hmm. stop it. In addition to, like, the studying other people on YouTube and things like that, I just found how is Tiffany supposed to talk to these people? Mindy Tibbs is great. All these other people are great. They're great because they do it with their personality. So be you, Tiff. And for anybody listening, be you. Now, be compliant. Don't be on here tripping. Be compliant, but be you. I don't have the best English in the world. Yeah, I got an A in it, but I'm from the hood. Sometimes I get a little gangster. That's how you got to talk. Period. Be you. The script is a guideline. All you're doing is hitting the key points, but be you in the midst of hitting the key points. I love it. What, what type of leads are you typically running? The ones that's on sale. I buy leads when there is a sale. I do not pay full price, but I do get um one month internet leads, then the three month internet leads. Um, I'll do mailers. But I have found mailers are not my strong suit. Even a lead is a lead, first of all. If it's a name and a number, you good. Because one thing I learned from being plugged into the Divas call, a lead, and this is where I messed up in the beginning as well, Mr. Mead. I was thinking, oh, These people filled it out. I'm going to call, and that's going to be an easy sale. But we have a group called the Insurance Divas. And Christine Austin L. said, let's get something crystal clear. A lead ain't a sale. A lead is an opportunity to help. And that shifted my mindset. And when my mindset shifted, things began to turn around. Because I ain't going to lie, I've been an entitled individual. I never wanted for nothing. I never had to work for nothing. Anything my daddy gave me on a silver platter. So as a 40-some-year-old woman, I'm just now learning, oh, baby, it ain't going to be handed to you. Who do you think you are? It wasn't handed to my daddy. 
And I'm just yeah. learning that at 43. That's great. I love it. When you're getting these people on the phone, what are you doing to go through? What, what are you doing to get them to understand the conversation around life insurance and them, them protecting their families? You have to hit the pain points. Like this isn't a sale transaction. This is a conversation and a reality check. And and when I say reality check, you know, you get some people, I want $250,000 for $50 a month. Well, you know what? This is a conversation we should have had 20 years ago. Now, when they tell me they're beneficiaries, listen, God forbid you die in two days. Do so-and-so have the money in the bank to bury you? Yes or no? And when people try to go into a story, I tell them, no disrespect, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not cutting you off, but this is a yes or no question. So you got to give me a yes or no answer. The answer is always no. If it was yes, they wouldn't be calling. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what we need to do is find something that's in your budget and not a penny more to ensure little Bobby does not also have the emotional stress of losing you but don't got to start a GoFundMe account. Now we got a financial stress. Do you want Bobby to go through that? And that's a yes or no question. And I make them answer me. Okay, the answer is no. So let's find something that works within your budget. You can't expect a pot of gold and you didn't call at 99 years old. Come on now. <laughs> that pot of gold. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, makes perfect sense. You're just interfacing with the clients real real to real. But how are you getting them? So talk to me a little bit about your the way you're getting them to give you social banking information and actually close the sale. Yeah, that was a struggle in the beginning, and I'm going to go back to your, your studying. If you're in school and you have a test, you have to study to pass. So these are nights of being on YouTube. You can punch in FFL anything, and everything will pop up. So when people are struggling and saying, oh, I'm not doing good at this, you're not putting your all into it. So one of the things that I found about the Social Security number, because people are so sensitive about it, I just say, you know, hey, upon your passing when, insert the beneficiary name, has to turn in your death certificate, the insurance company is going to compare that to your Social Security number. What's your Social Security number to ensure there are no mishaps upon your passing? And I shut up. I have an extensive background in sales. The first person who talks loses. I am a theater major. I have a degree from Michigan State University in theater. It's called a pregnant pause, and it is an uncomfortable feeling when someone asks a question and then they shut up because it's total silence. So what? They could be thinking. They could be doing anything. But I am not talking again after I present that pain point question. And it could be silence for two minutes. I don't care. I present that question and I close my mouth. 
Nine times out of ten, they give it. If they give kickbacks, oh, I don't want to give out my Social Security number. So how do you expect to get coverage to ensure, insert the beneficiary's name, that they don't have a financial burden as well as an emotional burden when you pass? There go that pregnant pause. They got to answer me. It's not my job to answer them. For the uh, account account information, um, I make it seem like I got to see if their bank is approved for them to make the monthly payment. So to ensure that Aetna partners with your bank routing number, I'm going to send this over to the underwriter to see what's your routing number. You're getting a routing number, punching it into Google, and I'll give a little bit of time. I don't make it immediate because I want them to think, oh, I got to see if they'll take my bank account information. You know, thank you for your patience while you're holding. Oh, great, yes. Capital One, is that Capital One? They go, yeah, okay, and your account number. And then I shut up. Nine times out of ten, they ramble the account number off. For those who don't, so how did you think you were going to pay for your coverage? How did you think you were going to make the monthly payment? Oh, I want to send a check-in. Okay, your routing and account number is at the bottom of the check. Oh, I want to send a money order. You know what? I remember when my grandmother used to send money orders. You know, it just doesn't work like that anymore. They want to make sure the monthly payments are able to be made so there's no lap in your coverage. So beneficiary's name does not have to take on the financial as well as emotional burden upon your passing. Now, what's your account number? And for those people that don't want to give it, they're not serious about getting coverage no way. On to the next one. I'm looking for people who want my help. I have a um a mantra that I keep on my wall, on my uh, planner, and on my notebook where I take my notes. People are waiting for Tiffany Renee Phillips to call them. They want to talk to me every day. They want to get coverage. I'm the person to help them. And I read that every day because there are people out here that want my help. You are a beast. I love it. You have so much to offer. And uh, I'm happy that uh, you're on the team and that you're you're growing. And I do believe that you can – why can't you be number one? Why can't I? <laughs> I serve a good I, I mean, guy. <laughs> and you got all it takes. So I think that you Thank should you. have a massive team because I think you're going to be able to teach a lot of people. And I think that you are – a sales machine. I think your training is amazing, and I think you're going to help a lot of people, Tiffany. So I thank you for jumping on with me. I appreciate thank you, sir. Here. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, to listen to listen to the Jumpstart Podcast. Tiffany Phillips. Um, we're going to see some big things from her this year. That's the dog short. So thank you, Tiffany. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. God bless. God bless.